You're listening to the Duplication Nation MLM podcast. Leaders live here. Last episode, we talked about how to prevent from being seduced by the dark side and going down a rabbit hole of tech that won't work long term. This episode, let's talk about digital duplication, how you recruit and build online. Hey guys, back again with another episode of the Duplication Nation MLM podcast. I put on the laptop camera for you guys who want to see it on the YouTube show. My name is Randy Gage, your lovely and talented host. If you're new here for the first time, let me kind of share what you can count on from this podcast on a regular basis. First of all, it's big kid real-world truth bomb content. It's long-form content. It's not, you know, catchy little hot takes on Twitter or Instagram reels. It's long-form content for critical thinkers. This is the show CEOs and founders and VPs of marketing and top leaders, the million-dollar producers, the serious ones in our profession, Virtually all of them, this is their go-to show, and they religiously seek it out every Tuesday. My phone blows up every Tuesday morning as soon as the episode's out with comments from those people. I'm really proud of the of the listeners we have. And, you know, we don't have the scammers and the Ponzi people who make a million dollars a month and they're MLM crypto scam. This is not for them. But if you're a serious leader in the profession of network marketing or you want to become one, this is the podcast for you. The other thing you're going to see is it's real world. I bring the receipts. I'm doing the business, built a huge income, huge team. Um, I'm sharing what I'm really doing. I'm bringing in partners. We do these episodes we call Chopping It Up. These are the sharpest minds in the profession. Again, people who really are doing it in the space. So you're not hearing book reports or abstract theories. You're getting what is actually working right now. Now, I say all that to set up this topic, this episode, because as I said last time, I warn people about the, the problem with leading edge and bleeding edge technology. And we have this whole uh, subculture of parasites who make their money selling to you and your team. Gurus and coaching programs and eBooks. And um, some of these are well-meaning people. Some of them are evil people um, and everything in between. Um, but there's a lot of stuff out there from people who aren't actually building or the last time they actually recruited somebody was the Bush administration. So um, we've got to counteract that stuff. And uh, why I tell you all that is because like last episode, I talked about how some of this cutting edge, bleeding edge, bleeding edge uh, stuff is being promoted by those gurus and it won't duplicate. Um, so I wanted to make that really clear in the last time, uh, in the last episode. But this episode, what I want to really also make clear is that I love working online. 
I'm not, I am an old guy. I wasn't a digital native. I wasn't born with this stuff, but I'm smart enough to recognize when a technology can make my me more productive, more effective. Hey, I want to jump on it, but I'm always going to do it through the prism of how well it can be duplicated. So real world disclaimer up front, I made at least two, maybe $3 million in bonuses from people that I met online, principally through social media. If I add in the people that I recruited through WhatsApp, social media DMs, texting, you know, what, you know, those kind of messaging apps, other ones, Signal or Telegram, and this really old fashioned thing you might have heard of called email. If I factored in those, it's at least $8 million that I made. So I love tech when it can be done in the way that it needs to be done. Um, I hate social media for what it does to young kids. I hate social media for what it's doing to us as a society. And I recognize social media is where the world lives right now. And if you want to meet people, if you want to expand your contact list, if you want to be successful in network marketing, I think you need to use social media. What I'm going to show with you, share with you today is how you don't have to be an influencer. You don't have to learn how to buy ads. You don't have to have 2 million followers. I'm going to show you how to use uh, social media in a simple, savvy way, following the same principles, the same process that we use offline. While I'm opening the kimono and, you know, with truth bombs, here's what else I want to make clear to you. Um, a lot of you know I made $10 million with a company I recently worked with that unfortunately was sold and is no longer in business because it was bought by crooks. But Obviously, I had a hell of a run. I built 200,000 person team, made more than $10 million. Uh, I want you to know, I was looking for the number. I, I'm not sure it's either 137 people that I enrolled or 139, one or the other. So understand, you need to know the truth. You can't sponsor two people, five people and become a large successful, a leader with a large successful team. It's you don't get enough traction. Um, it's funny how how these mind viruses take hold and they never die. Um, Art Jonak sent me a, a post from somebody's Facebook page yesterday where they were all the old tropes that, you know, more millionaires were created in network marketing than any other. That's not true. Um, you know, Donald Trump said if he had to start it all over again, he would not true. So it's like four or five of these things, and they just never die. So uh, one of them that I would put in this category, and I hear a lot of trainers, and I see a lot of books that, that say this, that all you need to do is sponsor one person a month and then teach your people to do the same exact thing. So in January, you sponsor just Jimmy. So now you got two people in your team. In February, you sponsor one more. Jimmy sponsors one more. Now you have four. In March, everybody does the same thing. Now you have eight. Then you have 16, 32. And, you know, at the end of two years, you got 87 million people. It sounds good. It looks good. It sounds logical. It looks logical on paper. 
that shit just doesn't really work. <laughs> okay. It just doesn't. Why? Because you got to get some momentum. You got to get some traction. There is a FOMO that is an element in our business, this fear of missing out. There is a, a mojo, a momentum, an excitement that happens when you recruiting people and they're recruiting people and everybody sees new members. And every time there's a, another get together and everybody sees the, the genealogy growing, um, success feeds on success. And so I want to let you know. So I to make that $10 million, I sponsored more than 130 people. Um, and that was a period of over nine years. If I go from today to nine years from now, I would guess I'll probably sponsor 200 people. I would dial it up now because I use more technology than I did when I first started out with that company. Um, but here's the other truth, the most important truth you should know. You can sponsor five to eight people every month. Everybody can. Using your social network you have and the tech, the social media, you working online, the stuff that we're going to talk to or talk about this episode. You can sponsor five or eight, maybe even 10 people a month. And you don't have to be a social media influencer. You don't have to be a social media expert. You don't have to take ads. You don't have to buy a bunch of expensive courses. That's what I'm going to share with you this uh, episode. So maybe let's begin with the what I call the parachute skills. Uh, the name I gave it that because I believe that uh, one, two, three, four, five, five skills, if you learn these, you will never have to worry about an income again. You will never have to worry about taking care of your family. You could parachute into any con any free market in the world and build a successful business and take care of yourself and your loved ones, even if you didn't speak the language. So you could parachute into Italy, only speak in English, but you could find one person who's bilingual and teach them the parachute skills and then work in depth. You find one more person with bilingual skills, teach them. You could build a very successful team. If you only speak Japanese, you could parachute into Germany and build a team there as long as you know those parachute skills. So what are they? Meeting people, working the candidate list, inviting, presenting and follow up. And I'm going to put a little asterisk with presenting. I don't mean you have to be an amazing presenter. I mean, you got to know how to use tools for presenting. And here's this, the, the really cool thing about this. Of those five skills, meeting people, inviting, and using presentation skills, those three, we could easily call them the money skills, the most lucrative skills that make you the most income. And here's the sexy thing. All three of those work amazing online. So your digital recruiting, using uh, meeting people, inviting, presenting, all those online suite of tools, they work amazing for that. So here's a big um, foundational element that you should be aware of for everything we're going to talk about today. Offline, online, the process doesn't change. Offline, online, 
principles don't change. People, you know, I was talking with Flacco the other day. Flacco is my near dear friend, Eric Gamio, who you guys in Latin America know he's a legend. So we were uh, discussing the other day and, and he was riffing me for one of my trainings I talked about. Hey, you would never go down the street and say, hey, anybody want to join my network? Anybody want to join MLM? So why would you do that in a Facebook group? You would never walk in a restaurant and, you know, ding, 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 ding. Excuse me, everybody. Uh, you know, I'm building an MLM business and I'm looking for serious people. If you would like residual income, choose your own hours, pick the people. I'm sitting over here in the corner booth. So I said, you would never do that in a restaurant. Why would you do that in a WhatsApp group? So Flacco was, you know, trolling me. He's like, nobody does that anymore. That's, you're talking 2008. You know, nobody's even in Facebook groups anymore. And I'm like, au contraire, mon ami. <laughs> I still see this shit regularly. Okay. There is a lot of old people who are still in Facebook groups doing that. There's a lot of young people that get added to a WhatsApp group. And in the thread, and immediately they're pitching people. That is never going to work offline. It's never going to work online. What is the principles we're going to go by? My mantra, automate, systematize, scale. When we talk scale, when we talk systems, oh my God, when we talk automation, this is where digital is Perfect. So what's the prospecting process? Well, we need to meet people, migrate them to the candidate list, develop a relationship, and then invite them when the time is good for them. That is the same offline or online. What about training? What is the process of training? What is the objective when we do a training for the team? Well, we need to teach them skill sets. We want to maintain motivation, even increase motivation. And más importante, we need to build belief. So that's the same, offline or online. Now, what's the distinction that I'm, you know, shouting from the rooftops and alienating everybody and driving them crazy is do that stuff with dull edge technology, not leading edge, bleeding edge technology, because the leading edge, bleeding edge isn't going to duplicate. Uh, that's what was making me crazy when I recorded that that session last week. I, you know, somebody sent me a post from a guy I know, nice guy. So I'm not going to say any names, but he's a good guy. I wish him success, and he's posting on Facebook trying to get everybody in his team to go. For, to watch a guru who's going to unload some new AI software that he's white labeled. And I was like, I don't even know where to go with this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what to do because uh, there's just so much of that crap out there. Um, this is all about building relationship and rapport, just as you would offline. Here's another secret of successful leaders in our profession. They diversify the group. They have long distance lines. 
if they have, and if they're an international company, they're building internationally. And you know what does international better than anything? Digital. Your company's opening up Malaysia in two months. It's a pretty dumb idea for you to hop on a plane and fly over to Malaysia and walk around Kuala Lumpur hoping somebody will chat you up. What would be the smart thing to do? Join groups, meet people online, inquire around, make friends on social media, join you know uh, communities where that you could meet people who are there or people in your own country who know people there, right? Digital is perfect for that. And by the way, let me clean up something that I've been meaning to clean up for a couple of episodes. Three or four episodes ago, I mentioned that, um, hey, you know, the truth is all companies opening today, they go international and you to compete, you need to, um, you know, be international around the world. That's not true. I should never, never, never speak in absolutes like that. So I want to clean that up. Like, I look at my friend Wes Linden, and he's in uh, Utilities Warehouse. He's going to kill me. I don't remember if it's Utility Warehouse or Utilities Warehouse, but UW. They're just in the UK. They're crushing it. My own client here in the United States, Arkshire Financial, it's just the United States because it's based on the tax code and 401ks and SERPs and, you know, all the, the tax law and retirement law here. They just work in the United States and they're doing amazing. So you don't have to be international. I, I do think most of the companies opening today make a very concerted effort to to expand rapidly and their goal is to be worldwide and the internet and technology facilitates that. But you have a good company in one country, you can still crush it, okay? Um, but the point of this episode is, hey, whether it's within the country or international, you need to be building long distance lines to diversify and protect your income, expand your income, and the digital stuff is going to work amazing for that. Um, the other thing is when I talk about, hey, I built with, you know, I sponsored 130 some people. Um, that was built on my model of a major blast, which is going all out, putting the message out to a bunch of people initially, getting them. And in my case, it was getting out to like 80 people, of which 11 is how many that I enrolled. Um, and then like two the next month. And so, but what went on is I, I continually enroll people. And with social media, that's what I'm saying is you could enroll five, even 10 people a month, automate, systematize and scale. Um, and for people who say, you know, I hate technology or I don't do social media, it's like, watch what I do. Did you even read my damn book? <laughs> I mean, literally, I cut and pasted this from my direct selling success book, right? I'm talking about the major blast. And here's what I said. Phone text, phone slash text, email, social media DMs, WhatsApp, Telegram, and Signal apps, and digital three ways with your sponsor when you're starting out. I mean, this, uh, you know, for people who think I'm anti-tech, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Read the book, Okay. It works. This is what I do. This is what successful people do. Um, and I just, I'm probably going to, 
you know, I, I, uh, um, I have a website with Jaime Lokier called duplicationnation.com. And we do symposiums like every other month. We do like an online symposium, uh, three, four, five hours long. And I think one of the, probably sometime this year, maybe we'll do in like an extended one of those. And I will build out like a workbook. I want you to see like how successful I was with text messaging to people that I know, not buying lists, people that I know just either with a text or WhatsApp on getting them to look at an intrigued video. I want you to see the, uh, the template of the emails that I use and still use. I love email to this day. They've been telling me email's dead for years. It's still working better than, I think it's working even better because, um, I don't know, other people think it's dead, so they're not using it. Remember, when everybody's zigging, you got to be zagging. Um, so I think we'll probably do a, a symposium on it and I'll, I'll put some of these templates in there because they really work and you'd be crazy not to use them. I can cut and paste a message and I can send it out to 22 people in half an hour, you know, really personal. And I can, you know, cut and paste, have a phone, and I can just customize, tweak it a little bit depending on their circumstance and get amazing results. All right. So, um, if you didn't see, Three or four episodes ago, I did uh, was look for the, the segment called Recruiting Unseminar. Uh, I want to talk about something that I brought up there, which was targeting the ideal candidates. One of the most important things you should learn when you begin is you need to show your business to everybody by all means, um, but start with the most busy most ambitious, most successful people on your list. Um, what we call your chicken list, because maybe you're afraid to call them because you say, well, they, they got a PhD and I'm a high school dropout, or they make 200,000 a year, I make 60,000 a year. Or, believe me, the, the busy, ambitious, successful people, they are busy, ambitious, and successful for a reason. They're open-minded, they're critical thinkers, they're willing to do work, and they evaluate opportunities. And you're much, you call the busiest person on your list, and you are much more likely to get a presentation with them than your brother-in-law who's been unemployed for four years because he's so busy watching Judge Judy and Storage Locker Wars and soap operas, he doesn't have any time for that. Um, also, I suggest look for people with strong teaching and training and presenting skills. People think it's a sales business on the surface. It looks that way, but that's only superficial. What really generates the growth in our business is teaching and training. Um, so people with good teaching, training, and presenting skills, professors, school teachers, senseis, yoga instructors, ministers, rabbis, imams, imams, um, you know, any uh, professional speakers, um, HR consultants or HR department people who do training, um, any with, with those skills, they're naturals for our business. Um, the other thing we talked about in the UnSeminar was I, I mentioned the later millennial generations are such a sweet spot. 
and my own team, the clients I work with, the colleagues that I communicate with, we're all seeing amazing growth coming from the later millennial generations. So I'm going to generalize a little bit here, but it's important um, to illustrate a point. I'm the boomer generation, right? Um, the majority of my generation had and, and has an employer-employee mindset. Uh, literally, I mean, my first 10 years in the business, even I was the richest person my mother had ever met. <laughs> okay. Cause I come from a poor family. We didn't, we didn't know rich people, right? We were a simple, poor family for my first 10 years in the business. And I was making some pretty good money every week. I would call my mom and she would say, have you given any thought to getting a real job? You know, because that was the mentality of that generation. That security comes from getting a paycheck. That was, you know, her dream for me was get a job at General Motors, had a factory in Janesville, and I could join the auto workers union and work for them for 40 years and then retire and they'd give me a gold watch. You know, that was the prevalent belief until you know, some years later when they were laying off 60,000, 80,000 people at a time, right? Um, but that was kind of the default setting of the boomer generations. And then if you look at the millennial generations and particularly the later millennial generations, the centennials, if you want to call them that, um, their default setting is side gig. Their default setting is you would never work for one company for 40 years and then retire. You would always be uh, changing your career opportunities. And they love the, the uh, entrepreneurial, they have an entrepreneurial mentality. And why do I bring this up? Because millennials live and breathe and eat in their smartphones. So we have the, and they love, they live, breathe and eat in side gig opportunities. So we have the perfect opportunity for them. But here's the other thing I want you to know. There's always outliers in every group, every scenario, and you need to account for that. I am a baby boomer. My dear friends, uh, Dana Collins and Ann Feinstein are baby boomers. We will admit it, we're old. And you know what else we are? We're dedicated, we're smart, we're successful. We got presented network marketing. We got it. We put our asses to work and we built big teams. Boomers do that. Once you get them committed to something, they'll fall. Because, you know, when you talk to a 20 year old, there's hedging their bets because they're still thinking, I might be an NBA star one day. I might be the next Shakira. I might be president of the United States. Talk to somebody who's 45 and they know they're not going to be the next uh, Taylor Swift. They're not going to be the next LeBron James, you know, Stephon Curry. They know they got a house payment. They got car payments. They got kids going, getting ready for college. They're in the real world. And when they see something that they can work on and build residual, they get it and they'll work. They're loyal. They're dedicated and they're smart. So don't disregard those people, right? But millennials, now they're going to have the same objective. What are they? They don't have a lot of money. 
So they're going to push back. Oh, well, I don't have money for that. That's why I'm doing these other side gigs. And okay, great. We've got to be able to show them why our side gig is far superior. And that's what we're going to do at the very end. So stick around for that. I'm going to show you why we have a better way. And that's the message we need to uh, get out there with. All right. So um, when I did the unseminar, one of the things I talked about was the best places to find uh, quality candidates, right? Anywhere people of consciousness gather, bookstores. Yes, bookstores still exist. I love them. Public seminars, continuing edge class, education classes, uh, churches like Unity and Science of Mind. They have workshops and seminars every night of the week art galleries, art festivals. I love the hand car wash where people go with good cars to get their cars washed by hand. These are successful people. They're the ideal candidates. Now, what your assignment, should you decide to accept it, is where is what is the online equivalent of all those things? Where do people of consciousness gather online? I love bookstores, right? Well, there's online book discussion groups. You can follow favorite authors. There's franchise books, you know, Lord of the Rings and whatever. That There's entire, you know, communities built around them. Uh, Goodreads, a uh, great website. You're meeting people of consciousness. Just like you can go to a Tony Robbins seminar when he comes to your town and there's some good candidates there. Well, people take an online seminars and there's good candidates there. Continuing education. Anyone who's working on themselves, taking classes like that, they are great candidates for the business. Uh, art, film, dance, writing festivals, courses, groups, Reddit threads, any other thing where people of consciousness gather, they're also gathering online. Um, well, maybe the, the, the key here is posting on, you know, so get on social media, post in the areas that you are interested in. Don't take a course and look for some topics to that you don't even care about to try and meet people. Look for discussions you'd really be interested in and comment, like, share, show real interest. I'm not opposed to these systems, but I, I, I don't think you need a system that tells you, okay, you have to like 25 posts a day, you have to share five posts a day, you have to do three of this a day. Um, what I fear is that leads you into trying to manipulate and gain the algorithms, which ultimately means you're trying to manipulate and gain and gain people. Um, I'd much rather you just get on social. We'll talk about how a little more in depth, but just be there, be real and engage, develop relationships, just like you would offline. You want to do the same thing online. Now, I'm going to be a contrarian here. I'm going to piss some people off. There's going to be leaders sticking pins in their Randy Gage voodoo dolls. I'm sorry about that. I'm not, it's not my desire to offend anybody or uh, irritate anyone. I just, this is my podcast. I'm going to speak my truth. On your podcast, you can speak your truth. Here's my contrarian belief. 
I want you on social media. And my advice to you is don't try to be an influencer. Don't try to be a content factory like Gary V. Gary V has a multi-million dollar company with a couple thousand employees. He can pay six people to follow him around everywhere he goes and film every time he goes to the bathroom. So he can pose 80 posts a day across all the platforms. Don't try to do that. I should have a guy didn't try to do that. He literally... He, he had a team of five people. You know, he got enamored with Gary V. He had five people follow him, run everywhere. He, he looked like Elvis. Um, but he never duplicated, you know. Um, and number three, don't try to do ads. So don't try to be an influencer. Don't try to be posting 15 posts a day. Don't try to play the advertising game now. And then that means don't stop buying ebooks and courses and coaching programs that only feature those things. Now, again, here's where I got to be clear. It can work. Some of you within the sound of my voice would be amazing influencers. And some of you already are. Some of you within the sound of my voice could do the ad game. Some of you could amass big groups of followers. But what I'm going to say is those things aren't going to duplicate. So if you want some fast money now, do those things. That's not the point of my work. My work is how do you build a lifestyle? How do you escape from being an MLM grinder and have an ideal, optimal dream lifestyle that built around how you want to live your life? And that means you've got to do the business in a way that your team can duplicate you and produce the same results. So I want you to prospect online organically. Just be sincere, be authentic, but most importantly, be there. If you don't have any social media profiles, there's no one who can meet you there. And if you do sponsor somebody who's under 40 years old, and the first thing they're going to do is check Instagram or TikTok to see if you have a profile. And if they can't find you anywhere, they're going to say, I don't know, is this really the person that I want to work with? And then so be out there, meet people, prospect organically, meaning meet them, migrate them to the list, develop the relationship, and then invite them when the time is right for them. Um, and just follow the same principles online and off as offline. Um, we do need to take a couple of minutes and talk about the basics of presenting digitally, whether it's opportunity presentation, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? The Apple when you face FaceTime somebody uh, or if you're doing an online training, um, you need to learn the basics of live stream. Um and here's where I would set this up. I think um, the best way to phrase it would be use the live streams to drive the in-person get-togethers. There's going to be much more digital presentations than physical ones. That's the reality of the world today. Um, I think it's foolish people who don't do in-person meetings I get it. 
I'm just as lazy as the next person. I'd rather sit home in my Chewbacca pajamas as much as the next guy. Um, but you cannot duplicate the energy that happens when you get your team together in a room. And so if you like this, I love this concept of leadership academies that I talk about in my book. Um, and I'm giving you my blessing if you only wanted to do that monthly in person. Um, and you're going to be doing a lot of Zooms for recruiting and thing, and then you're going to use that to drive people. And once a month in an area, you're going to get people together or each country is going to have their monthly get together, you know, in person stuff. Um, I'll let you work that out with your sponsorship line. It's not I don't want to meddle with anybody's business, uh, you know, counsel upline with your sponsor and see what's going on. But I, I think as a general principle is use the streaming meetings to create the basis for the in-person one. You know, if you were just opening up Tulsa, Oklahoma next month, um, it's not the highest and best good of your thing to, you know, fly in there and rent a meeting room at the JW Marriott for 400 bucks or a thousand bucks. Um, your highest good would be doing a bunch of live streams and building the community. And then once you have some people there, then getting them together and doing a, a more of a late leadership academy, which could be used as a second look for people who had seen presentations. Um, be center frame. Notice I'm not over here, which would be very distracting with all the space over there. I'm not over here, which would they say, who is that naked lady who just walked by in the hallway? Be center screen. Get, if you're four foot tall, go and buy a cushion for your chair. Don't be down here in the screen. Be your, your you know, head and shoulders should be in the stream. You notice what I'm doing with my hands? Do you think I do this because I'm Italian? No, I'm not Italian. I'm German, French, and Czech. <laughs> I'm using my hands because it adds energy to the screen. Think, uh, you know, when, when you have somebody just a talking head on a screen, it's very low energy. In particular, let's say it's a Zoom meeting. You got four rows of five, 20p. Everybody's a little thumbnail and they're all sitting there. You know, just a little bit of... Uh, hand movement will just bring some energy. Um, please ditch the cheap green screens. Oh my God. I'm so tired of seeing people on Zoom meetings and they're missing their ear or they're missing their hands. Every time they wave their hand, their hand disappears. It's like, stop it, stop it, stop it. Let me tell you a secret. Most of the people watching don't really believe that you're broadcasting from in front of the Eiffel Tower in Paris. And the three dimwits who do think you're broadcasting from the Eiffel Tower are not the ones you want to sponsor, <laughs> okay? So what does that mean? That means you have to check your background. You find one area of your house and say, this is going to be my live stream area. So anytime I have a presentation, anytime I have a training, I'm going to have it set up here. So you put like, where did I have here my laptop? The, um, the window is right behind it. Why? Because sunlight is the natural light is the best lighting. 
There's nothing worse than you doing presentations when you're in half darkness or whole darkness. If you have the light source, like the window behind you, you're just going to be a silhouette. Nobody's going to see your face. It's very distracting, very low energy. You do not need a studio. You do not need to spend thousands of dollars. But once you get going and you have some stuff going on, get on Amazon and buy a light like this to give you a little light. Uh, once you get going, get on Amazon and buy yourself a microphone, right? Or if you're using a, a you know, a, a phone, get a good phone stand that's going to set it up and be with the light behind and all that stuff. Um, if you're one of those companies that have these shaker bottles and swag with your name on it, let me take a go for you guys who are listening, not watching. Great. Get your shaker bottle there. You got your company logo polo shirt. Maybe don't put a big multi-million dollar product display behind you. But if you want to have a, you know, a key product or two position just right. Great. You know, use the backdrop. Look at the backdrop. Go and take a screenshot and then look at it. Am I center? Is there too much space between the top of my head and the thing? What is behind me? When you have Mein Kampf in your bookcase, people may not realize it's because you were a political science major and you studied hate speech. They might just think you're a Nazi, all right? You probably saw this. I mean, this was one of the most viral videos of 2020. Some lady, you know, everybody's getting used to Zoom meetings. Nobody's done them before. She's in a corporate meeting. And how do I say this delicately in case there's little ears listening? But she's got a bookcase behind her with a, let's say, a marital aid. <laughs> okay. Now, personally, I never thought bookcases were the place to put sex toys. But evidently, that's a thing. So here's this lady. She's in this corporate environment. She wants to be taken seriously. She's got a bookcase with a sex toy on the shelf behind her. And oh, my God, that blew up. That went viral. You probably saw it. It was all over the Internet. Right. Take a look at what's your backdrop. Um, be on screen, on camera, on point. Look like you're somebody interested in business. Uh, it's so lame when you see presentations and three quarters of the screen, the cameras are turned off. And don't give me the lame, I'm sorry, I'm babysitting, you know, the dog, I don't want to distract it. No, we know you're watching the Kelly Clarkson show, okay? We know, you know, keep your camera on. Look attentive. Don't be scrolling your phone. Don't be don't be eating food in front of other people. It's very rude. Um, don't um, be distracted. Look just like you would in, again, same as an in-person event. You tell people, hey, don't chew gum. Don't eat food. Sit in the front row. Pay attention. Laugh at the jokes. Interact when they ask for interaction. Do the same thing in the Zoom room. Keep the energy high. And that's whether it's a presentation or training, either way. 
Um, and then the meeting after the meeting, same, uh, you know, online as offline. You can have a breakout Zoom room. So if you want to get new people and you want to um, answer their questions and then get them locked in their spot and everything, you can have breakout rooms that do that. Same even the, this, the principle of the meeting before the meeting, right? Where we tell at a live meeting, you know, in-person meeting, we say, bring them in, introduce them to the presenter, some of the key people. You can do the same thing in the Zoom room before the presentation starts, if you plan ahead, right? And it, it can be very effective. So learn the, just, again, you don't need a studio for thousands of dollars. You need lights, sound, and just follow some of the basic of presenting online. All right, let's get to my favorite part of the whole agenda. Presenting why. Network marketing is a better side gig than all those other side gigs for the for the average person. Why, you know, just apples to apples, oranges to oranges. Why what you can offer your candidates is far superior to what they could be offered in those other side gig things. And it's really important that, you know, it's part of your presentation. You know, one of the things, if you see me making a presentation, I'm one of the things you're always going to hear me say is, hey, if you've ever shared a photo online, you ever liked a post, you can build in our business, right? We're showing them how anybody can do this, right? So um, the other thing, by the way, when I was talking with Flacco the other day, he mentioned something that I think is important. Um a, um, this is like the flex now. Everybody wants to be a one-person online business, right? Um, before people wanted to be an astronaut or a fireman or, a, you know, whatever. Now they want to be a YouTuber or a gamer. And, you know, I, I, I speak at high schools and even in jails and, you know, places with at-risk kids telling my story of being in jail as a teenager you know, it's one of the ways I give back. And when I talk to the kids and I you know, say, well, you get out of here. What do you want to do? And nobody says, you know, I want to be in a, an accountant or a vice president. Or they all want to be a YouTuber, a gamer, uh, you know, and I'm, you know, an influencer. Um, but the thing Flacco mentioned is how lonely and isolating that can be for a lot of those online side gigs. And we have such a better experience because when somebody joins your team, they're joining your team, your family, your community. There is this shared bond, shared experience that I don't think you get in some of those other things. And, and you know, look at them. The food delivery apps, there's, I love, you know, I, I order from those 15 times a week. Um, and I have a, a couple regular drivers. They are on bicycle because I order from shops around here, you know, restaurants around here on my island. And they bring it by bicycle or, you know, a couple of them have scooters. That's so cool. I love that they're doing that. But that's not their future. And we have to tell them, if you are not picking up the pad tie and bringing it to Randy, you're not getting paid. You're grinding. There's no residual at all. If somebody's running an online store, they don't have residual. 
they have poor duplication. Most of the time they are grinding. Uh, some of them, you know, got inventory control. They're selling hoodies and, oh, my God, this guy wants a triple X and I only have a double X and inventory and trauma and drama. We have such a better way. Uh, trading NFTs or trading Forex, terrible duplication, very questionable legality in a lot of those cases, huge risk. Trading NFTs, I mean, we're talking about computer pixels of monkeys that people were paying millions of dollars for. The bloodbath that happened in the NFT space, I mean, come on. The Forex stuff, there are so many sketchy Forex deals out there and people lose a fortune. Um, throw in next the MLM crypto scams, okay? Period. End of story. MLM crypto, it's a scam. Period. End of discussion. So when they tell you, well, yeah, but I could make $20,000 my second month by joining Go Global. Yeah, well, you could make $20,000 your first hour if you rob banks. But are you going to rob banks for a living? You want to be able to look yourself in the mirror? Would you, would you, you know, I would never join a program. I wouldn't be willing to sponsor my mother in or my grandmother in, right? Um, we have that here. Look at all the rideshare people on your list that you know, that you meet. Millions of rideshare people around the world. Do you realize we have to get the message to them in a loving way, not in a judgmental way and not in a gotcha way, right? But we have to show them, if you work for a rideshare company, what you are doing is you are literally training the robot that is going to replace you, right? They have their app, their cameras in your car, they're tracking all the things and what are the peak hours and when do people need rides and what are the slow hours when they don't need rides? And they're just gathering data, gathering data, gathering data. And the second that autonomous cars are legal, you are out of a job and you they are taking all those hours you spend driving, learning all of that information, and they fed it to the autonomous car, which is a robot that will replace you. <laughs> we have a better way, boys and girls, guys and gals, moms and dads. Finally, let's talk about these social media influencers. <laughs> you know, I, I, I talked about this last episode, but we, we, it bears repeating. I got to tell you, and understand, I'm speaking from experience. I was a social media influencer. I had 150,000 followers on Twitter, 150,000 on Facebook, 100 grand on Instagram. I have almost 3 million views on my YouTube channel. I did the social media thing. I was an influencer. And I can, and, but understand, I didn't use that to build my network. That's because I'm an author and a professional speaker. I use that to build my practice, right? And I was really good at it, right? I built a very successful business with uh, being an influencer. But I, and so I'm telling you from firsthand experience, being a social media influencer is the ultimate grinder experience. If you're trying to do network marketing, 
by being a social media influencer, you will have horrible duplication. There's huge risk, zero security, right? You could have 2 million followers on Insta and they change the algorithm and you're just chopped meat, chopped liver overnight. It's just, um, it's, it's crazy. The, you know, the people who really, the YouTubers who do it for a living, the Instagram people, they will tell you they are grinding, grinding, grinding. They have no security at all. And uh, I'm just, because again, you're at the total, first of all, it's a platform you don't own and control, and you're at total mercy of the algorithms. So here's the thing, like, maybe this, I'm going to share a couple examples to really drive this home. Uh, in San Diego, my place there, we had a 55 plus um, league of softball. So we played at this school um, in the, the baseball yard was there at the school. And then right in center field, there's a fence. And then there's a basketball court uh, behind the baseball diamond. So I hit a home run soars out over the fence. There's like six guys shooting hoops in the basketball court. My home run, the softball, falls through the basketball hoop. Nothing but net. The six guys are mind blown. The outfielders are screaming and shrieking. And I don't, you know, my eyes aren't good enough. I can't even see it. I had no idea, like, why are these outfielders all screaming like this home run is so special? Do you know if I had a camera and filmed that, I'd have more views than Gangnam Style. I just would, right? It's just blind luck, right? Uh, another example, I'm uh, playing um, in, uh, I'm playing right field. A uh, guy hits a long fly ball in foul territory. There's a runner at third base. If you know baseball, you know when I catch the ball, that runner can tag the bag at third and run home. So I don't know if he's going to run or not. So I grab the ball and I throw it home. So the guy at third, he doesn't want to test my arm, I guess. He doesn't run. So the catcher is watching the, third, the, the runner at third. He sees he didn't run. So he doesn't even look at me. So he's standing at home plate, expecting the ball to come into the pitcher and get ready for the next pitch. So he's just standing there and he's kind of holding his glove in front of him. Um, as you do, I throw the ball from the outfield. It lands exactly in the pocket of his glove. Shares, scares the shit out of the guy. He has no idea this ball is coming. But I threw this ball that literally landed exactly in his glove. If I had that on camera, I would have a hundred billion views, right? But what would I do next? How do I top that? What do I do 24 hours later, 48 hours later? The thing is, when we used to get a viral video like that, just the dumbest thing, right? Some guy's on a trampoline and he falls off and, you know, cracks his head and everybody thinks it's hysterical and it gets 60 million views, right? You used to get one of those a week. You get eight a day now. If you're on TikTok, you could find eight to 10 a day. And TikTok has revolutionized social media in the sense that 
you know, I call it the TikTokification of social media. Because for TikTok, followers are irrelevant, right? It's just done by, by the algorithms of the topics of whatever is in the video. So in the case of my, um, you know, softball going through the basketball hoop, I could join TikTok on Monday if post that video on Monday afternoon, and I could have 80 million views by Wednesday, even though I have zero followers. So what that means is follower counts are becoming more irrelevant every day because the other platforms are also uh, stealing the ideas from TikTok, you know, on how to work the algorithms. Um, so you could spend $1,000 for that course on how to get more followers on Instagram, but just know that every week that goes by, the number of followers you have is irrelevant. And again, so this is what I want to make really clear. The, again, there are people listening to this. You could be content factories. You've got that skill set. You could put 10 posts a day and enough of them will hit. It will build your follower base. There are people uh, following this. You could do the ad game and you could learn it and take courses and become good at it. You could become an influencer. There's people listening who could get 2 million followers. There's people listening who already have 2 million followers. Um, but the question you got to ask is, how will my team be able to duplicate this? How will somebody on my 25th level, who's never met me in person, be able to duplicate this? Now, don't get me wrong. If you call me up and you say, hi, my name is, uh, you know, Rosita, and I'm, uh, you know, I have 2 million followers on TikTok and I want to join your team. I'm going to sign up Rosita in two seconds flat. And she's going to say, I'm going to put a post and tell everybody I joined ABC company. And I'm going to say, great, sign them all up, mamacita, let's do it. And I'm going to tell her, and you understand that none of those people you sign up are going to be able to duplicate you. So you know what I'm going to do with Rosita? I'm going to ask her to watch this training I just shared with you and say, okay, Rosita, do you want to make some really quick cash this month? Or would you like to build a long-term residual income with security and residual and duplication? That's really what it's about. This is, you know, the, the thing that people don't understand is that and I know because I live in both worlds. If the average influencer realized how little security, little residual, and terrible grinder lifestyle they have, and they knew just what a mid-level leader in network marketing, what they had for residual potential, security, and most importantly, lifestyle, they would shut down their account tomorrow. Or, you know, more intelligently, they would change the way they do their account and they would try to follow the principles that I just shared with you. So again, I'm not here to uh, throw shade on anyone else. 
There are people that build with doing ads. There are people that build by being influencers. There's people that build by doing contact factories. There's a lot of people selling courses and coaching and eBooks on how to do that. Good luck. God bless me. The force be with you. Um, this is, you know, I can only share my truth. And my truth is I want to build in a way that my people will be able to reproduce my results so we all can live happily ever after. All right. Thanks for watching. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you're not, uh, hit me up on Twitter and say, hey, real Randy Gage. Um, otherwise, if you watch on YouTube, get down in the comments. I think uh, one, one of them is at Spotify now. You can do comments. Um, but I'd love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe. And probably the most, the best thing you could do for your duplication this month is get every person on your team to watch or listen to this episode. All right. Go out and have an amazing day. Love you guys. Peace. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. <laughs>